This episode of the Good and the Bad and the Geeky podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Audible.com. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It'll cause you not to eat your vegetables and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated, and news liberty has endured any aspect of the show. D4K Studios in Columbus, Ohio. It's the good, the bad, and the geeky. Hey everyone, welcome out to the good, the bad, and the geeky episode 190... I just, I even looked it up and I don't remember anymore. You said 192. 192, yeah. I don't know if that meant we're on 192 or... We're on 193. Okay. I think. You know, we're on one of those 190 numbers. That's all that really matters. That's all That's all that matters. And uh, welcome up. I'm Nick Nitro. Along with me, as always. DJ Meat. And, uh, yeah, we're recording this on the night of the election. Yes. Which, uh, as you can Although hear, this is in the future, right? Or the past? Yeah, this is the past. Okay. So, I mean, we're not going to say... I mean, we know who won. No, we didn't. No, we do. Yeah, we do. Jimmy ruined it. Jimmy Jimmy spoiled it. That fucker. God. God damn it, Jimmy. You ruin everything. It's actually, by the way, cute little story about a uh, Halloween party he threw the other night. Jimmy got... I've not seen the, J- Jimmy drunk in this, uh, to this level. When Jimmy gets drunk, there's usually a few levels of Jimmy. There's the song, which, mm-hmm. matter of fact, okay, you know what? I, I'll probably fuck it up, so uh, sing it, please. Jimmy Daly, Jimmy Daly, whoop-dee-doo, whoop-dee-doo, have another smear knock, have another smear knock, hit the floor, hit the floor. Now, we, we usually sing that, and matter of fact, Jimmy even likes to sing it too, it's part of his little thing. He didn't have any smear knock there, but he had his, like, punch that he makes, that everyone loves. You don't, you've never had... This to, story is just oppressing me into the inevitability that I will never have a social life outside of Todd's. I'm sorry, man. Well... It's okay, this is your this is your moment. Go ahead. <laughs> so, Jimmy got just kept drinking punch and drinking punch and okay. drinking punch. Now I forgot that there's happy Jimmy Daly, happy smiling. He's drunk. He's having a good time. Mm-hmm. Voice gets higher. Voice gets higher. He starts using flam- more than usual yeah. flamboyant. His eyes probably versions. get more squinty. His eyes get more squinty. And then there's. The crash. Sad Jimmy Daly. The non-loquacious. Yes. And that was the last half of the night, which was... Now, okay, obviously people who listen to the show know that we had a bit of a rough patch. <laughs> there. Oh, yeah, you... Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. And Jimmy just started like, look... I feel really bad. Like I love you, man. Like oh I'm my just like God. no, 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 no. Did you see the episode of the new girl where where uh, uh, Schmidt bought Nick a cookie and Schmidt's like uh, and, or uh, Schmidt bought Nick a cookie and he's like, uh, what do you want me to fucking? Do? He's like, what do you want me to do with this? 
a cookie. I, I, I know what cookie. I. And so finally he comes in, and of course they give him shit. It's like maybe it's because Schmidt loves you, Nick, and he just wants he wants to show you care. And instead, you just don't reciprocate it. And so I'm thinking, okay. And I'm like, Jimmy, I love you too. But oh then, but then, well, because oh. he won't. No, no, right, right, right. So then Jimmy's like, but I feel really bad about what happened between us. And I'm like. And so literally, it was that moment where he like Nick comes, brings Schmitz a cookie, and Schmitz like, "What the hell's this?" And he's like, "Gave you a cookie, Nick Schmidt cookie gave it." And he starts crying because he's like he doesn't know what to do to make Schmidt happy, and that was exactly what happened at the party. It was one of those, and then he just would not let it go. He's because and, and then Kayla and Chris, who was there, were like. He already told us how much he loved us and everything. Whatever happened between, if there was anything. There was any drama, which there really isn't. He apologized for that, and I'm like, okay. And, and then, he, but he would not let it go. And I'm like, can we please not talk about this? I'm, we're all having a good time. <laughs> we're all having a good time. You're bad, and you should feel bad. It was, but it was one of those things. I was like, I am. I, you're making me. You're reminding me of how much of a dick I was. He's like, but I was a dick too, man. We were both dicks. I was like, it doesn't matter. Our relationship thrives on the fact that I'm more of a dick to you than you are to me. And that fact that I was more of a dick than I usually am, I don't want to hear about this. We've worked out our problems. We're okay, Jimmy. Like, he would not. And then he kept drinking. And by the end of the night, and I have, matter of fact, this was going to be the picture. This is going to I be think the, if it's one of the pictures I saw on Where he's, his head's leaning up against the table. Yeah. Oh, my God. Literally, what happens is we're, we're in his living room. Have you been to his apartment yet? No. Um, if you go into his living room, it's not, almost like this. There's not one night either of us have the same time free. Not one. He he's in. We're all in the living room. We're all having a bit of a chat in the kitchen. You can or the dining room area. You hear. You know he's cleaning up because that's what Jim, Jimmy's type A personality. He cleans up stuff, which is you know good for him. But you hear shuffling in the in the all of a sudden you just hear silence, and you don't know why. And then all of a sudden, so we all got up and we're like, Jimmy, are you okay? Uh, go in there, and Jimmy's just head is resting. It's, a, it's the picture I took. And it's swear to God. And we just sat there and stared at it for like a few minutes. Well, for those of out there who aren't visual podcasters, yes. you well, have to explain his head's leaning on what? On the wall. Okay. And by the time I start taking a picture if you know the picture will be the the image of the of the, this week's episode and on the website gbgpodcast.com it, it looks blurry because he's moving his arm up so he can lean a little bit on the table like it was it was just it was it was precious it was poor little guy poor exactly no, poor little guy indeed and like literally there was a few times where he was shuffling and he just couldn't get stuff to he just couldn't he was he was he was sad, Jimmy, and I, and I was like, man, I forgot sad, Jimmy. <laughs> and then Jimmy was like, remember I used to get depressed all the time after drinking. I just go in my room and, and just lock the door. And I was like, oh god, I completely <laughs> forgot that. Like out of everything, of all the part, I do not. It took me. I blocked that part out. But I was like, that happens a lot. <laughs> Jimmy would get sad for whatever reason. And he go to his bedroom and lock the door, and we're like, "Are you okay? I'm fine." And we don't know what. Yeah, he was but now he's married, so now it's Morgan's problem. <laughs> Which, uh, drunk Jimmy during the happy part of his face talked about weird shit that I didn't want to hear. Oh God! 
Which, well, no, to his, to his, to his credit, though, and he didn't like, he thought it was weird, but Morgan likes to smack his belly. (laughs) 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 Hey, I can't knock weird shit, man. I'm just saying, like, and of course she got really embarrassed, and she's like, don't tell everybody everything. Yeah. And she also has a thing for belly buttons, which that's just fine. I find that very weird and strange. But I'm just saying, there it is. And like, no, yeah. But no, Morgan had a fucking awesome costume. We all dressed as, well, you saw, we all dressed as Dr. All I saw was Kayla, who looked like she was in an apartment complex. Uh huh. And I, mean, I don't know what she was going. I'm not trying to be me. Is that a, a, a skyscraper? A, co- a, it's a, a house? Box, a, a blue British police box. A what? A British police box. Nobody knows what that is. People do. A police box. A police box, yes. What, what's that in America? She had windows. It's a, a police box is from Great Britain. <laughs> really? I understand. We are we are in Britain right now. Hello. I want to know what Surely is a, good. What is a police box? A police box is like, like a phone booth, but calls directly to the police. Oh, phone booth. She was a phone booth. But for the police. That's stupid. Well, they don't really have them too much anymore over there. It's more like an actual phone booth. They still have phone booths over there, you know. Yeah, but we, I know. But we don't have phone booths anymore. It's very weird, very strange. I don't know why I became Austin Powers there for a second. Um, so, did anybody else dress up? Uh, that was, was that was uh, every, uh, uh, Melissa. What was what Jimmy's was Morgan? Son. You said she had a good costume. She was doc- she was the fourth Doctor. Who? The fourth Doctor Who. Doc- there's 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 twelve Doctors. Doctor Who. Oh, the show. I like how you genuinely like. I don't. I. I here's the thing. Dressing like up Doctor as, Who. Okay, dressing up as Doctor Who for for two Halloween functions this year. Who. Me. You. Yes. You or who? I was who. Who? Me. Who? Exactly. You're the, you're number two who? No, no. Number two who? I who was is. the tenth Doctor Who. At this party. Nine, you had nine other Doctor Who's no, at no, the no, party? No. Okay, in terms of the show... Doctor Who. Yes. The way the show works, and it's actually quite clever, is that they didn't know what to do when the lead actor wanted to leave the show. And it was a sci-fi show, and so they said, when a Time Lord, or which is what the Doctor is, dies, as long as it doesn't completely annihilate his body, his body can regenerate. And when it regenerates, it becomes a new person. It retains all the memories of the previous Doctor, or the previous incarnation, but it's almost like it's a brand new person, brand new personality, but they just retain all the memories of the previous person. But thus, they fix the actor problem. <laughs> And so, so this has happened ten times. Yeah, so the span, I think, was it 60, 50 years? 50, 60 years? This show's still on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It left the air, I think, in 1989. Oh, so it's not on anymore. No. Yeah, let me finish. It left ah, the air in 1984. Fuck. They did a movie, which was the seventh Doctor, no, the eighth Doctor. There was a movie called Doctor Who. Yeah, it was there. It was the BBC's attempt to sell it for American audiences. Eric Roberts was the bad guy, the master. Um... I'm just... I don't remember who he is. Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts is Julia Roberts' brother. That helps a lot. Um, I am thinking of another big-lipped actor. Do you, did, you saw The Dark Knight, right? Yes. 
Remember the guy that, what the gangster that you saw, he was in the car, Two-Face flipped the coin and wrecked the car? Okay. I thought you were going to say the gangster got a pencil up his nose. Then I was going to say, so Julia Roberts' brother's black. That's cool. But I didn't get to. It, her brother is a brother. <laughs> he's black? No. Well, he's uh, an actual but, brother. But, 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 no, but for this joke, I was like, her brother, who is her brother. From the same mother. Is a brother. Oh. But I'm saying for the sake of what you were saying, he's really not. Oh. He's not really black, I mean. He's not really a brother. Okay. But she has a brother. Okay. You know what I'm saying there? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I was trying to say Eric Roberts, that's probably where you saw him before. He was the Italian, he almost was like Italian mobster that when Harvey Dent becomes two anyway. he flips the car. Anyway. Um, so, and then the ninth doctor was, uh, did you watch Heroes? I have not finished season two, but I love okay, season, season one. Okay, season one, The Invisible Man. There was an Invisible Man. Oh, he yeah. Peter. That was the ninth Doctor. The actor who played the ninth Doctor. He only played him. And that was when the show came back. Like it was like a reboot, but it wasn't. They, it was in the 2000s. Yeah, he was in Drumline. Yes, right. He comes back and uh, as the as the ninth Doctor, and at the end of the season, he didn't want to do it anymore, so he left the show. David Tennant, the tenth Doctor, who I played or who I was for Halloween, was the Doctor for like four or five years. And then the new guy, Matt Smith, was the ele- who is now the eleventh Doctor. And so who was Morgan? Morgan was the fourth Doctor. I take it this was a short woman. Uh, funny, but no. The fourth Doctor's big thing was he had a thing of celery as a pin. It was really sort of. I mean, a she, celery pin or a celery you know, as you know, a, like pin? a pin? Yeah, celery as a pin. Writing pin or a pin like. Pin like you pin it to your vest. Okay. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was real celery too. It wasn't like fake, like one of those plastic toy ones. It was like real celery. It's starting to wilt as the night continued on. I bet it had a positive message. Like his wife they never gave really it to, like her that wife thing in that. But oh, but, the husband but, gave it to her or something. But Jimmy was the fifth Doctor, and his wig. He bought like a Buddy the Elf wig, and it looked really good on him. And I hate to say like. He looked good with the wig. Like, if he had curly hair like a Jufro, he'd be rocking. I mean, he'd still be gay, but, I mean, he'd be rocking it. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was... Because, matter of fact, Captain, I was like, first off, you look like shit. You look like a... You don't look like anything. Because, granted, he was hot, so he took the wig and the hat and the scarf and the jacket off. Um, and I'm like, but, you, dude, you should put the wig on. You look actually like... You don't look like Jimmy. You look like someone cooler. And so he started wearing the wig for half the night and whatever. But uh, Jimmy's sister was there. She came as herself, Melissa. Oh, thanks for telling me because I didn't know who she was. Yeah. Um, Very weird, though, is that she has nice tits. I hate to say that. She was flashing everybody. Not like actual tits, but like she was showing, like lifting up her shirt, showing her bra. Because apparently... The girls were talking about how they're at their age, at the age we're all at now for women. The boobs sag, and she's like, "Well, mine don't like that." And of course, trying to be a nice guy, gentleman, it's like this is your friend, sister. I'm just you know, try not to stare, but they were very nice. Just saying. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> hey, aren't didn't you didn't you want to date her? 
Then you, we were married for a while. You were married for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah, because uh, that's right. That's right. That that came up. That came up. Uh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, because we were just like uh, that was a joke there for a while. That, uh, but they also talked about how how cruel you and you and John were to each other over stupid stuff. Like, didn't or, oh it, yeah, because they were like uh, she's like he actually never asked me out on the day he said he was going to take me to a movie, but he never took me to a movie. And he's like, I don't know why, but uh, or maybe it's because they were being too mean to his to, to your sister Avery. Because like he said, like one time John pushed Avery down or something or her broke her teeth or something like that. No, what happened? But but then it, it, the the point is that for the conversation further continued on to uh, in general John and Nathan were just cruel to each other because cause, and you told us on the show that one time when your dog got hit your pug got hit and John was making very cruel jokes or something like he brought a shirt yeah yeah and that's so he just sent my pugs well I don't I gotta go with him on that one I'm not a big fan of pugs my mom my, every girl I know thinks they're the most adorable precious thing and I'm like they look ugly. I'm ugly, love me. <laughs> Come on. I poop in the toilet. I'm great. I'm, I'm somewhat potty trained. Somewhat. Occasionally I pee in the grass. What's up with that? But I'm just saying, occasionally I'm potty trained. I need love. Pug love. Pug love. Pug life. Like pug life. I need pug love. That's weird. Because then it means I insinuates that I need love from a pug, and that's not what I need. But no, I thought that was. Uh, it's a good party, man. What? Which, by the way, I have a suggestion. We talked about this before the show. You, you're having well, well, we both have clothes problems, wardrobe malfunctions. I'm telling you, you should go as the Hulk. Your pants ripped today. Today or that was the real today? Day. That was today. No, it happened yesterday. Oh, that happened yesterday, but you posted it today. Not posted it yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. That was today. I apologize. But that, that's what your costume. I don't think it could have been like one of those twelve oh one things, but I don't think that's what happened. No, was, I was at work and I was delivered. Am I telling the story? Or am I just saying my pants ripped? Up to you. It'd be better if you probably told the story. Right. This is a chat show. Well, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I guess I talked to I talked to Wendy about about the situation. And I'll I'll tell the story about the ripped pants and then get into Wendy's situation. So I go to sit down in my car, and once again I rip my pants basically from my B about two inches down. B is for balls, and I, I can say TT. Well, this is a, this this isn't a mature show, so testicles. So, you get that initial, like, one-inch rip in your pants, where you're like, son of a bitch, because you know that one inch is not going to last unless you are constantly careful. So, I, and this was getting into the car, so if I'm a delivery person, you get into the car, but what do you have to do next? You have to get out of the car and then get back into into the car. So I take a delivery to this sweet old lady on Olmstead Road. Very, very nice old woman. And I prepare this time. I pull my pants up a little bit to create less, to create more slack. Whatever it is where you pull your pants more up so they're not as tight. Yes. Is that okay. more slack? Yeah, that's yeah. a little more slack. So yeah. I put more slack. I put the shit in the slack. 
just so that this doesn't happen again. I go to sit down. Then I rip it more from my T, halfway to my A. Then... By pulling up and creating more slack? By pulling up and basically doing this, which is, I'm creating a visual here. I'm pulling pulling my pants pants up. up. Uh, Did nothing. Still ripped them. Uh, Like another three inches. Basically, I'm from my T to almost the middle of my A. So we've got like a good three and a half inch, four inch rip right now. So I still have to work. And as I'm talking to this old lady and I go to sit down in my car or my pants, I drive back home to Todd's. And what don't I have in my seat? The pizza bag. Because I left it at the woman's house. Because I set the bag down to take out the pizza's hand to her. She's like, no, come inside. I want to talk about the Depression and what I had there in World War One, And we what talk. What did she have for World War One? Something about beans and her children. So, okay. I leave the bag, <laughs> bags outside. <laughs> so, I get out of the car, go in and tell Greg, and we're not really, we're not really busy. I don't have another delivery. So, I get rolled back up real quick and go back out to get the bag. And I go to sit back down in the car, and what do you know it? We have rippage to the, almost the top of the A. So it's like, I mean, I've got like, I mean, eight and a half inch rip. I mean, it's just amazing how much it goes from zero to 60. So I'm like, do I go I Thankfully, I don't live too far from work. So I, I get the bag, I get the pizza bag first, and come back home, have to change my pants, and it's just annoying, because it's not the first time I've ripped them. I have ripped three or four pairs of pants in the past year. It doesn't matter that I sit sit down in a car, or I go, uh, getting to it, just happen getting into a truck. My, uh, I guess he's my brother-in-law, Sarah's husband's truck. So it apparently doesn't matter if the car is low or high. If it if there if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. And I talked to Wendy, and she says, Nathan, your butt is getting bigger, therefore your pants are getting tighter. Because as I've been lifting my legs and my butt and everything else has been getting bigger. Yes. To which I replied, What do I do? Because she has a large butt. What does but she? I don't, what does the big butt lady do? So what, what does the big butt lady do? Let's but ask the big. Butt I've lady. never she, I've never seen her rip pants. I haven't really met anybody who rips pants as much as I do. This oh, is a serious problem. You've met people, they just don't tell you, Nathan. I, I seriously no. Apparently, I need to have like a website for people who apparently can admit this problem. Hello, but I'm Nathan Hayes, and I rip pants. All do you rip pants? It's always in the crotch. I rip and it goes from the crotch, from uh, the T to the A, from the T <laughs> you, to the you A. Not to be confused with the V to the A. And you got to show a chart. You got to do it. And chart. not the taint from the testes. There you go. T is for testicles. T is for testicles. I mean, I guess it could start to taint depending on how you're up. Uh-huh. I can't judge others, but so she suggested that I get uh, a wider uh, inseam or wider wider waist. To which I replied, I'm a 36. I don't need a bigger waist. That's just going to make my pants baggier. So, I don't know the solution. 
That is. I don't under. I don't understand why getting baggier pants. It's not going to make me feel any more comfortable. I like my clothes a certain way. You like them form fitting. I like them form fitting. You like the slim fit. No, I'd like. I, well, first off, I like things to fit. And second, I just don't like them to be too bad. I don't mind certain baggy clothes, like sweatpants. I love baggy. The baggier, the better. Hoodies, the fit, and then the baggier, the better. But when it comes to, I mean, work clothes, I don't. I, the more baggy it is, it's just annoying. See, and see, I've always been the opposite. The more baggy it is, the more safety I feel. But well, not too much anymore. That's why, like right now, I have cargo pants, and they feel very. Very constricting to me, but that's just because that's how they are for everybody else. But for me, before as if it was constricting, that's a bad thing because that means at one point the button's gonna pop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. That's no, a, I've been there. That's a form of ripping. It's not as embarrassing, but when you can't get that top thing, and or it actually could be because that means at some point your zipper's just gonna go. Nothing's helping me stay together. I'm just gonna unzip myself. <laughs> And boom, there it is. It just every that's happened a few times in school. Very embarrassing, and I had stuck with it all day because I had no one to take me home. If I just left, I get in trouble. My parents are like, "Why do you go home?" And I'm like, "Well, my <laughs> my pants they, they they came undone." And they'd be like, "We have to get you more pants. You're getting fatter." Oh, also equally embarrassing. You're feeling good about yourself. You had a good game of dodgeball in middle school. And it's picture day, or because you're the fucking water boy, you have to wear dress clothes like all the rest of the basketball team. So you're walking up the stairs in your very tight dress pants. You're walking up the stairs because we had stairs that uh, at middle school, West Jeff Middle School at the time, before it got torn down a few years ago, you would go down... Like in this basement, that's where the the, the locker room the was. locker room for the men was, which not fair. The girls' locker room right across from the gym. Oh yeah, because well, it's okay because women. Let's be honest. When the girls' athletics really matter, it, that that's true. And also, they have problems walking in general anyway. So you know, you know, they can't do large distances. I hated going up those go, coming going coming up from the locker room to go to gym. I tripped so many times. Yeah, it was. Because nobody just walked. You had to run because we were all excited about gym. And you always slipped. Somebody had wet shoes. Somebody always had wet shoes on the metal slash rubber stairs. Something always made it slick. And you never knew what step it was going to be. It's always an adventure. And it's never just always consistently like on the left side of the stairs. Or the right side of the stairs. And if you didn't look down, then you slipped. Then you hit your shin. Or your knee. Or your knee. Right there. It just messed up the... And it, the pain would last for 40 minutes, which was the length of gym. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the length of class. And it just threw everything off. Well, this is the other thing, too, is that... Like, right in the growth. What do you call that, do you call that level? Uh, the mid-level of stairs? You know how you like, go up, there's a mid-level, and then like the stairs turn turn a different direction? Mm-hmm. And go I up. don't know. Well... The way that works in our school is that on that mid-level, there's doors to go outside. And usually what's, what it, the problem was is that the kids, the elementary school was connected to the middle school. Middle school kids don't do fucking recess unless there's like some grand special like reason, which is, uh, we don't have a movie to show you. Uh, you're going to go outside and play on the playground. And we're like, yay! I can go out there and smoke pot. Did that happen with some of your class? I probably did. That didn't really happen to us. We were all playing first bounce fly and shit like that. Or swinging. That was the big thing. They were probably playing first bounce sex. 
I don't know about that because very sad. Anyway, uh, yeah. No, but more first bounce, blow me. For, mm, first bounce, but not a lot of girls playing that game. It's very awkward for everybody. But now, kids in middle school, you take you let them outside. I mean, probably you wouldn't even need somebody on duty. You just throw a f- phone. Just throw a phone. You just throw there. you just throw Wi-Fi out there, and then just yeah. Where are you? I'm by the swing. What but swing? The, oh, there's a there's a typo. Those kids would like come outside from the rain from recess or the snow and it would get on the stairs. Oh, yeah. That's what we started to notice and that's when we became more of a, oh, Jesus, fucking kid. Little little brats. Little, little, little fourth Yeah, because you came up from the stairs and like, to the left was like the first and second grade hallway. I know, right? It was always weird because was, you're yeah. like, okay, like now looking back, if I look at a first grader, I'm like fucking towering over them. Even more so for you. But then... Even back then, though, it's, it felt like we were just... I actually never... Room. I remember going to gym. I never, ever saw, like, kids down there. Well, not downstairs, but, like, on... No, the, I mean, like, when you get ready to go downstairs, you look down to the right. I never really saw... Oh, we, we saw them every once in a while. Uh, it was really weird, but, um... Yeah. I, mm. How do we get on to, to the middle school? How do we get there? I have no idea... How we started off, wherever we started off. And we were talking about pants, and then you went to oh, pants the buttons. pants. Okay, going up the stairs, though, wearing nice dress pants. And Mr. Williams, our, our gym teacher, he had a thing about, because our class was a real pain in his ass, when we walked and went upstairs or going back to whatever, we had to walk in order. So, are, you going, are you going on Vince Converse? Did Vince do something? Well, he did everything. He's a fucking prick. Yeah. He did stuff to me all the time. No, it's... Surprisingly, this isn't just about him. This is everybody. Cause so you were fair, okay. Were you first, and then you tripped and messed everything up? Not tripping, but my pants ripped. So, <laughs> means, so which means Arden Bright, Baker, Barton, Converse, everyone after me saw my giant ass, my eighth grade fat ass, which was getting fatter. No, actually, that year that was getting smaller, but every but still, it was a big ass. In these tight dress pants with a giant rip, and the more you walk, rip, rip, rip. And I was in the battle for boxers. The eighth grade year was the battle for boxers, which is my dad was a tidy whitey man, and his dad before him and his brothers, tidy whiteys. You don't need boxers. But I'm like, but boxers, they don't, tidy whiteys are embarrassing. Like, if you say underwear, it's sort of a funny word. It's, it really is. Like, it's a it's a comedy word. Tidy, I don't want to be wearing tidy whities. If it's don't like it, and of course I was wearing tidy whities, so it already just looks weird wearing tidy whities because we're all like especially they have streaks. We didn't have streaks, thank God. I hope I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. But but that's what I'm saying. Either way, it was embarrassing because of course you're you're a middle school kid, so your minds are going because here's the thing: if it was if it was you, if it was anybody, like I don't care if like you're. C.J. Baker was my best friend back then. If C.J. Baker happened to him, I'd be dying laughing. Oh, yeah. And I'd be well. torturing about it. But, I mean, granted, I'd be like, hey, dude. And I, I didn't, then I'd be making fun of him. But I would, but still, led the pack. <laughs> Everyone would see my, so then you're trying to do the thing where you're creating slack on your pants. Because maybe if you pull them down a little bit, no one will see the hole. But no. Then it creates too much slider, too much uh, pull in your knees, and so then it pulls up on the fabric, and you rip the hole, the hip it bigger. And if you pull it up, 
It's the same thing. <laughs> so you're in a quandary. Do you destroy the universe, which is your pants, by pulling up or pulling down? Either way, you're fucked. And thus... At least you never up the front of your pants. Where the picture is. That's happened before uh, as well. Same situation, different set of pants. <laughs> and uh, it went right up to the uh, right up to where the zipper is. Because you know, mm-hmm. there's like a line around the zipper, like a, a sewing around the zipper. So that, that's there. That ripped up, and the zipper was one of those zippers where you can zip it up, but then it popped out. So it doesn't. So and the way you'd fix that would you would. Uh, what I'm talking about the zipper is that you have it zipped all the way up, but the zipper like the teeth just won't connect anymore. Oh yeah. So then you zip it back down, zip it back up, and it works for a bit. No, this was that only did that zipper had that problem, but then you had the problem where the whole the rip tore all the way up, and so literally it went rip and was just hanging there. Yep. Fascinating. Very fun stuff. That was uh, fourth period. <laughs> Good times. Still had four to go. Hand advisory. And lunch. And lunch. Where everybody sees you. So, like, literally, you're doing those things where you like, that's when I realized it was fun to have a coat you could wrap around your waist. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, but... Which helped for boners. Yeah, I didn't, well, that was a... I had a problem where uh, this girl who sat in front of me, um, her perfume always gave me a, a stiffy. It was very embarrassing. <laughs> very embarrassing. And, uh... Put a book in front of it. Well, that's the thing, and uh, Mr. Stafford would be uh, our teacher. He would always like uh, he. Always, that was the his point where he would make you come up and point to the mat where things were. Oh, horrible! Oh, horrible. Yeah, you never. It's, and the thing is, is you're, that's one thing. If I ever, if I ever taught middle school, that's one thing. I I don't like to ask the kids to come to the board. Uh, if anything, you I try to know, ask as many as many girls as possible because anything will set those things off. Because what you do is... I mean, it's like, could be a, this could be a sunny day, and you see the kids like, mm, what do I do? Right. And, you could, or this is what you do, right? You give them a laser pointer, and you say, young Billy, where on that map is Ohio? <laughs> and you'd be like, right there. Like, like that's what I would do, because it's like, because you're like, don't worry, son, I got this taken care of. Here's the laser pointer. Well, if they're dickheads, you make them get up. Well, oh, yeah. No, they, well, they well, they, no, Al, as a good teacher, you would never do that. But if you were a bad teacher, you totally would, right? You can say yes. I would. I well, set it up so you're good. I don't know. Well, but yeah, that was always a, a problem is stiffies in class. And there was always that. Well, it, it, it didn't help that I had a giant crush on that girl, too. So, been, And she sat right in front of me. And she had beautiful hair, beautiful perfume. Smelling beautiful smelling perfume. So like literally it was like the worst thing ever. Didn't matter where I was always like saying like sometimes I'd sit there and she'd sit in front of me with her boyfriend right in front of her to the left right. And so it was just like it was like and it would always be Oh it was Aww. very yeah eh. It was fun. Made me a stronger person. <laughs> yeah, but now if you smell that perfume like, oh my god. Actually no, that's not too much of a problem anymore. I think. I don't know. I don't. That's the thing. I don't remember the perfume as much as. You're going to be walking down the street and it's going to come back at the worst time. It's going to be like some 90 year old woman. Oh, 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 thanks for that. It'll be like Mama on Raising Hope. Aw. Oh, man. Is it Cloris Leachman? Cloris Leachman, yeah. She's, Comedy goddess Cloris Leachman. She's a funny woman, yeah. What's oh, that? she's hilarious. Oh, yeah. I love, I love Cloris Leachman. 
But, um... Mmm. Mmm. Oh, but, hey. Hey. You, you saw, for the first time tonight, Walking Dead. I did. And what did you think? Well, I didn't get to see the end, which apparently is the coolest part because of buffering issues. We can still try here in a second, but... So... As somebody who has seen the pilot, now I'm assuming I still have 10 to 15 minutes to go on the pilot. I have no idea. But from what I've seen so far, it's actually pretty good. I expected it I expected it to be a slow starting because I mean, if you're taking a zombie, I mean, first off, nothing is original about it yet that I have seen. I'm going to say yet. Every major zombie movie that I can ever think of in the past is almost set up the, not verbatim, the exact same way. But for the most part, I could already figure out some guy was going to wake up in a hospital. It always happens. Um, I, the graphics are amazing. I mean, as, virtual gra- I guess like the graphics of the zombies is really good. Uh, I like the acting so far. I mean, because the pilot is when, like, they're first learning about the script and, like, two members of the cast have to see, like, these horrific things that, like, completely make them break down and cry. Like, they haven't even had much time to develop their character, really. Yeah. So I thought, um, like, the black guy who I'm assuming is, I don't know what happens to him later on, but as of right now, him and his son, I mean, did have been doing a great job. Uh, the main character, I'm assuming, unless he dies later, which I don't think he does, I don't know, uh, Sheriff uh, Beard No Beard, because I can't remember his name. Uh, Rick Grimes. Rick Grimes uh, has done a really good job. So, so far the acting has been good. I haven't seen really anything that I'm too concerned about as far as could this happen, could it not happen. And see, I thought um, there'd be one thing that would throw you off, but you didn't say anything. And actually, you were pretty good. I mean, you kept going. I was like, "He's going to do this, isn't he? Don't do that." Like you were doing, you were doing cliche black person horror film stuff. I was doing cliche everything. That's racist, just to say one. Really. You were saying some horrible stuff when we were watching that. Grant, funny as hell. You were cracking me up. I was happy when the black guy corrected his son and made him use proper grammar, not and he not to speak ebonically. I was, I mean, I don't know what time period this movie, this it show is. Current day. No, it doesn't. There's no cell phones. So, how is a zombie going to affect the towers in the sky and the satellites in the run the antennas? There's no electricity now. Why are you telling me this? Can you tell when they're using fucking candles and the police station lights are all... Yeah, I couldn't tell if everyone all was foreshadowing what was not. Plus, candles don't emit as much light as electricity. I had no idea. And there were lights on. Yeah. Or were they... Were they lanterns? They were lanterns. There was a zoom in. Okay. They were lanterns. <laughs> now, the part I thought was... But there are lanterns that plug into the wall and there are lanterns that are run by battery. So I do not know that they were technically out because there really aren't there weren't many scenes that were just that night. True. So I'll give you now that I know there's no you are I can't watch shows with you. You ruin everything. You fall into my traps and answer every damn question. Okay. I talk to myself because that's how I get through shows. Really? I lay out well, every I question. I, I lay out everything. 
It's anyway, also you destroying the whatever because I don't know if you like it or not. I did like it. The more I talk, the more I try to figure it out, the more I like it. It's when I get pissed and I go, oh. Okay. I because like so, so far. During the, Thor, all we heard was a constant stream of. I blah, 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 blah. fucking hate that. No, 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 I know, but this is what I'm saying. This is why I can't tell. Also, Chuck. All you I love was, Chuck. Yeah, but when we were watching it, you were doing the same thing, and then you're like, I fucking hate this show. And then it wasn't until, like, what, a week later, you're like, yeah, I bought it the next day. It was actually a good show. I just didn't like it when I first watched it, but then I realized I liked it. I, what, how well, I would buy- say after the pilot, I could I could see myself buying it. To, I could see myself, I'm hoping, I think one of my, one of my friends might have it. Do you have season one of Walking Dead? Okay. Well, I was going to assume since you have it on Netflix, you don't need it. It should have us break down and get Netflix. It's, it's actually not that bad. Like but I don't like spending $7.99 a month. And also, you need an internet connection to access it. Well, I have, we, have, we have Wi-Fi at home. I mean, we have wireless. It's just Xbox. I don't have the... I have an Xbox like yours. It's not... You don't have the Xbox Gold. I don't... What do I, no, I don't have the new Xbox that has the Wi-Fi... Built wi- into it. Built into it. Oh, yeah. And those things are like 50 bucks to get onto it. So it's like 60 bucks for Xbox Live Gold. It's like another 50 bucks for the... Oh, net... Oh. I can just get Netflix. I can just get... I can get through my Wii. Oh, yeah. If you already have Wii... Yeah, you should be able to get that. I didn't Netflix. think about that. Yeah, you can get that that way. Oh, yeah. And season two has just been added on there, too. And there's only six episodes of season one, I think, or seven episodes of season one. There's, like, I think, ten or thirteen of season two. And there's, like, eighteen of season three that's on right now. But but so far, yeah, so far it's good. No complaints. Uh, I like how there's not much music. Like, you think it would bother me, but I like how they keep it, I mean, mostly real. Yeah. Like, in real life, there's not all this sad music playing all the time. Like, he's just, I mean, this guy is literally figuring out what the hell is going on. The only other time so, I really like what they did with music in a TV show was, um, and it was quite, it was quite clever, clever. Now, granted, they had orchestral score. Orchestral, not orchestral. Orchestral score. In the Did they use bravado? Yes. I'm fucking you off, people out there. It's visual. It's visual. Um, but uh, uh, Michael Giacano, he did the score for Lost. But, you know, in all TV shows, any TV show, they have, like, you know, that really sad pop song or whatever, which I think maybe you were sort of referencing, too, like, during stuff or whatever. They they didn't do that in The Walking Dead. Well, in Lost, in the first season, they would have a song, and probably about seven episodes in, they was like, every episode, every episode. And finally... They were playing Damien Rice's uh, 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 Delicate. And they're showing this beautiful scene on the beach. The characters are all sort of, after this big ordeal, they're sort of getting back together. And you see, and you realize every time you've seen a music montage playing these sad songs or whatever songs on Lost, the fat guy, Hurley's listening to his Walkman. And the Walkman dies because the batteries are out. And the song just... It just stops. And, and it becomes really eerie. Just the, the, the weary, eerie music starts to chime in. And then it cuts to the credits. And you're like, oh, that's actually quite clever. Usually in shows like that, they don't do shit like that. It's just, oh, it's a, it's a TV show, so we just assume a music montage. But this was a music montage because really Hurley's listening to the music. So they, but, but yeah, it's something similar to that, which is they, The Walking Dead does the exact opposite, which is it does no music at all. 
Or if they do, they do what you heard, which is the parting glass. The first season three, which is a great, mm-hmm. a great little Irish. You got the Wailing, was it the Wailing Jennings? Wailing Jennings. Wailing Jennings. Jennings, yeah. I bought two more songs of theirs. They're pretty good. Oh, yeah. I won't, I don't, I like them when they have music behind them, but when it comes to the acapella stuff. Yeah. It, that's the that's, 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 yeah. That's the only three. I have I have three songs, uh, and all three of the are acapella because her voices are just they're too good. I almost would say it's. I'm not going to say background music doesn't uh, doesn't do them justice, but it's you to get they're just really good. Yeah. So there's no reason for them to have instruments. It's yeah. It's a really good. It is really good. Now the only thing is that the version they have from The Walking Dead, like with the two actresses. I don't like they added like a like a bass note or not a bass but like a something some kind of instrument behind them or instruments behind them and it doesn't sound good because in the show they're around a campfire singing a cappella mm-hmm. and it takes away from it a little bit adding like music to it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, <laughs> and it's like it's like one note. It almost it's a drone. It is a drone. Drone pedal. Drone pedal. That's when you just have like yeah. It doesn't, like, the chords can change, and it doesn't matter. The drone stays the same throughout the... Right. And it yeah. just, uh, that was, I didn't like, I didn't care for it. I, I mean, I mean, I like the song when they performed in the show. I didn't care for the actual thing you can buy on iTunes. Because, like, it's beautiful, but like that, it throws it off a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It makes me mad. It's almost more emotional when, like, if you can, like, the great thing about music is it, it puts you in a, you listen to it, it takes you somewhere. Well, at least good music does. Yes. So, when you hear those two girls singing on the show, and then if you were to go by, then it takes you it takes you back there, and it makes you just realize how, uh, I mean, obviously their situation is a lot worse than what's going on in the world right now. I mean, they're trying to survive for different reasons than we are trying to survive. True. And... Uh, it just—it's amazing how it just takes you back. But I can see how what you're talking about is when somebody takes the idea and does something else. It's it well, loses it loses that, everything. It's for it, that reason you lose a little bit of like you're trying yeah. to like go back and visit that moment. Yeah, it's harder when there's stuff added to it. Right. Like there is. Matter of fact, I think ABC released the final the the actual final season score of Lost, and Michael Giacchino writes beautiful music. He wrote the score to Up. And uh, uh, Ratatouille, Star Trek. I mean, he's becoming a, a Cloverfield. He's been doing hmm. music that I find he's, in my opinion, I think of him as the next Hans Zimmer slash next John Williams in terms of movies. He's very Danny consistent. Elfman. Dan, Dan, well, Danny Elfman, though, well, I can't say that, though, because John Williams has been repeating himself a bit, too. But, like, Elfman feels like he's hit the precipice of his at, already. Why Williams, it felt like it took him like 20, 30 years before he... Well, Danny Elfman, he's been writing for a long time. People don't realize this. He wrote stuff for Big Top Pee-wee. Or actually, the Pee-wee before Big Top Pee-wee. Pee-wee's That's Danny Elfman. Dun, 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 dun. He's been writing for... But I can tell, I mean, when it comes to the crap that he writes for... I don't want to say crap, but in all honesty, for Tim Burton, it's all in minor... It's all in the same two keys. Like, some of it is beautiful. Like, Nightmare Before Christmas is great. Yeah. But then, like, Corpse Bride is like, oh, these two movies could go together. Because all of it almost sounds this... What about it, the score to Spider-Man? Because that has hints of the, like, 
the orchestra, whatever, uh, from Batman, which that's Tim Burton. <laughs> no, Batman's Danny Elfman. Oh, you're talking about the director. No, I'm talking about Danny Elfman. Yeah. You said Tim Burton. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Danny Elfman. Okay, that's what Danny Elfman. I was like, Danny I didn't Elf. think that Tim has, Burton directed that. No, but it, but it has hints. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man theme has hints of... Well, not after, a lot, but it has hints of... Well, it. a lot of stuff, but... His, yeah, I can see what you're saying about John Williams. Where were we going? Well, I was trying to ask you about Danny... Because, okay, I love Danny Elfman. Matter of fact, to me, the Spider-Man theme... For and I, yes, obviously I'm a Spider-Man fan, so I'm a little biased. But his theme, I thought, besides Nightmare, well, Nightmare for Christmas or Batman, was the last purely like I hadn't heard anything really like it in a long Beetlejuice, time. Beetlejuice, I think, is one of his best. Be- Beetlejuice is fantastic. Yeah, Beetlejuice is actually amazing. But that's what I'm saying. Like these are all movies like before. It's like way before that point, and ever since then, it just felt like anything he did felt like he was doing what he was already done before. Now, granted. Each musician, musician, I don't know why I shared it, the musician has their own little tells. And um, uh, Giacana has, uh, 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 he does something with strings in a certain extent. Um, like pizzicato? I, I'm not really sure. It's I, I remember the beginning of Star Trek, the Star Trek movie score, the new one. He did the score for that too, because it's J.J. Abrams. But there's a... Uh, it's almost like the theme song of The Walking Dead, like a da 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 but it's a lot more ominous. I can't remember if you listen to the Star Trek short. Matter of fact, it's the opening of the movie when the when Kirk's father dies in the ship attack, and it everything gets really silent as you see like Kirk's mom in her pod escape out, and you just get dead silent. You can't hear anything but the score, and then that's the theme song kicks in. Like that is what I'm talking about. John Williams, John Williams is very big on, on horns. Yes. Horns and strings. That's his sort of main... And Zimmer uh, is a very string-heavy, too, if I remember correctly. Zimmer uses a lot of everything. I mean, well, just Crimson Tide. I mean, he does use a lot of strings, but he tries to incorporate a lot. I mean, so, it just depends on what the... Project. Well, yeah, Zimmer is actually... What is, what, what is wanted, because... I mean... You could argue that, like there are some pieces that John Williams writes that has no strings whatsoever. True. It just, I mean, it's just it's throughout the movie. But as far as like uh, like the main theme of one of the uh, uh, the movies, I will agree with you. Like Jaws, I mean, obviously, but uh, I mean that's that's heavy bass inflicted. Uh, like Jurassic Park is strings and horn. So I guess when the main theme, I will agree with you on that. A hook. Does the same thing. Do 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 do. Wait, what's? What? Oh no, I was thinking. Okay, I was making sure I was humming the right song. Okay. Yeah, and that's sort of like horns. Uh, Harry Potter theme song. John Williams did Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, he the first two. And, or, I didn't I think, think he did. Three. I didn't think he did the music. He did Harry the main Potter. theme. Matter of fact, as the, as it goes on, the theme, it you know, they, it's a reprise, but you can tell they do new things with it. Mm-hmm. But he did the da 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 like all the major cues. That's John Williams. I forgot. I didn't think about that. I've even played it. Now, something that's really interesting, though. There's nothing that, interesting about that. 
Well, no, that no, piece no, no, sucks. No, not a, what? To play it? Oh, that's it play sucks. It. Well, I bet it does. But no, I was going to say, Williams, uh, the only, the, it was the first time I realized that Williams, I could tell purposely Williams reused something he did before, and I don't know if he did it on purpose, was he did, because he works with Steven Spielberg, he did the score for Indiana Jones, um, all of them. And uh, Last Crusade, um, th- it was sort of like the Nazi German march, almost da 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 I've heard this before. And well, that's what yeah, a lot of times, I mean, writers don't even realize it. You get an idea, like, you, they tell you the scene, and you get an idea in your head, and you oh, just kind no, of yeah. go with it. And, like, I mean, all most, like, composers would take stuff that, they, that they've heard uh, from long ago. I mean, a lot of classical pieces come up, oh. and everything kind of gets intertwined. But something, you always hear a song, but that kind of sounds like this. Yeah. So, well, I wouldn't doubt if some things were kind of... Well, everything could be, in terms of, like, if I've heard it from a song, it's like an homage kind of thing. You heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always that that could happen. But uh, but I was just surprised because up to that point, that's like 98. And I and being a big... I've been a big film and music fan up very heavily before that point, you know what I mean? I would pay attention to stuff like that. It was the first time since I was since I saw Jaws in like what eighty eight um, that I what? noticed. Well, I saw Jaws when I was like God. first time you saw Jaws. Yeah, first time I saw Jaws. Okay. Now I heard the theme before because that's a big pop culture joke. Like you don't know what it is, but you know it. Mm-hmm. And then when you see Jaws, you're like, oh, I get it. But that bitch is gonna die. <laughs> oh, and by okay. Okay. Do you? I have to ask. Do you find that people younger than you don't get things, don't get pop culture references that you feel are just very fucking simple? Like, there was a kid. I don't care if you hate the song or not. Like, I don't love the song, but the song, uh, uh, Karma Chameleon. <laughs> Kids twenty six has no idea. We were talking about Futurama. And there's that thing. It's like a, I think because it's when they all die, and the professor's like, "Oh, we have to get a karma chameleon to save them all." And, and that's when, uh, or they're all in a coma, and that's when uh, Bender's like, "Coma, coma, 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 coma chameleon," and it cuts to commercial. He didn't get that, and I'm like, he's like, "Did you know that's based after a song?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're talking about okay, even though you probably don't care to ever see it. I figure deep down in my soul that you at least know how to King. You know what happens at the end of King Kong. He dies. Twas uh, yeah, no, don't say it. Oh, you, see, I already know you was uh, beauty. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't man. Twas beauty who killed the beast. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. So see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying, well, no, I saw. All I was going to try to say is right when you said it, it was. You already knew what happened. You didn't even have to finish it. Well, no, he climbs up to the tower. I always assumed he died. Like, he fell off the tower. Like, the woman lived, but I don't know. No, right, but see, but see, you already put... that. You know how that movie's been around for almost 100 years? There is no excuse for no one past the age of 12 who likes any type of monsters 
Because at some point, kids, if you like monsters when you're growing up, you grow out of it, maybe. Because I've seen friends who, like, used to love monster movies, and they're like, eh, it's a man in a suit. I don't find it funny. I don't find it entertaining. And, but, like, they, they knew... They knew it. They knew it. <laughs> they know it. They do. And then these kids today, they have no fucking clue about anything. And it drives me up the fucking wall. It makes me feel like an old... F- I am now the man on the lawn screaming, get off the lawn, or pay attention to the lawn. Shit's going on on the lawn. Look at the fucking lawn. Like, maybe there's an elf here that's an ape that climbs up to the top of a tower. Well, that's the guy... The imagination of a kid today is way less than when we were growing up. Because there's all this, like, that, I mean, kids are supposed to grow up really fast. But that should stop you from at least paying attention to, like, Im- especially in today's culture where you're applauded for being a geek. You you are. doesn't matter what it is. Uh, it used to be the USB applied for being a geek of the sports kind. Now it's all kinds. Like Lord of the Rings, congratulations. Everybody loves, well, almost everybody loves Lord of the Rings. You know, stuff like that, shit like that. Everything is cool now. It's okay. There is no, well, you know, people might not really agree with that statement at some point. But I'm just saying, like, in general, it's, it's okay to like stuff that was considered not to be cool back when we were growing up. Like tabletop games, video games. I remember, like, if you played too much video games, you weren't really that cool. We all liked to do it, but you see, you weren't, you know what I mean? Or, uh, 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 you know, cosplaying or going to comic books. Comic books are now loved by everybody. Matter of fact, The Walking Dead is a comic book. That's what the show's based after, is a comic book. Prove it. I'm just kidding. I've shown the book to you like four times a night. (laughs) So, but that's what I'm saying. It just drives me crazy that in today's society, where pop culture is now such, it's such a the family guy. Everybody loves Family Guy. The whole purpose of that show is it's a giant fucking never-ending pop culture joke. Shut that off! Means, no, that's what I'm saying. Like there are kids today watching this show and go like, "That's funny," and they don't they don't understand. They think it's funny for the they think it's funny because someone else is laughing at it. Oh yeah, and that pisses me off. If you don't laugh at the at them singing Shapoopy, laugh at it because it's a funny song from the Music Man, which is a good musical. And granted, make, uh, I think granted that's the weaker song, weakest song from that movie. I think. I mean, because you have marrying the librarian, you have seventy six trombones. There was it. There were birds. Got trouble, my friend. I hear River City with capital T rhymes with P and stands for pool. Mm, you. I know I skipped over a part. Yes, yes, I fucked it up. And there, as a matter of fact, the opening, which weren't you a part of that opening in middle school or high school? No. Is that when you broke your leg again? That's when Jimmy adhered to my part and I got to crutch, not walk, crutch up the bleachers and run on the spotlight. I'm sorry. With my foot propped on a pillow. I would come home and my toes. One toe would be my pinky and whatever this finger is, my ring finger. That's one toe. That's how swollen it was. Now, do you just prop that in my foot? I mean, it would just be, you could feel the heartbeat. It was, yeah. Oh my God. Does your toe still look fucked up? My toes? Your toe, is it still My second one? Yeah. I mean, is it still longer than the other ones? No, that's for everybody sometimes. Sometimes as it doesn't... What's your question? What I'm saying is, is that 
If it still looks a little off, like no, they're normal now. I'm just saying they, they look like in a boxing like, match and, they, and they, their nose breaks, and then like, well, my point was is that if you would ever reproduce, and you have something like, like, see your toe looks a little crooked because of what happened, your kid might have a crooked toe. Well, that would be genetic if they were born with it. If you're born with it, then there's a chance they can get it. Like John Spock here, Clara could have the Spock here. John has Spock ears? Oh my god, you guys see that stupid bone he's got, like, going like right, it's weird looking. You never looked at it, you never seen it? I don't pay attention to someone's ears. Like, now I'm paying attention to yours now. No, they're normal, they're just small. Uh, yeah, he's got a Spock ear. Austin's got a, a finger thing, so his kid, I forget, what's this kid's name? Uh, oh, by the way, he had an Owen. adorable, Owen had an adorable Halloween costume. He dressed up as the old man from Pup. Aww. No, it was adorable. Matter of fact, he texted me. He's like, uh, I saw you like that picture. I figured, if anything, Nick Arden and Brett would get a kick out of this. I was like... That's not what he was thinking. Probably not. But I was like, well, you were, you guessed correctly, sir. <laughs> but... So anyway, yes. there's a good chance Owen's going to have that stupid pinky thing. Because Austin has a little something, I don't know. Well, some celebrity was on Craig Ferguson, so they got into a fight. A bar fight. And... Um, he wasn't born with that defect, but his one finger, there's a weird space between his finger now because it's crooked. And he said that his son, who was just born, both of his sons born, because that happened years before that, have the same, have the same thing. Well, we have to, you know, take that celebrity's word for it. I can't believe it. That's like saying, I lost my arms so my kid's born without an arm. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I, I went there. Again, I wouldn't go that far, but I'm just saying, like, what? But I'm just saying, what, on a very basic cellular level, that's what would happen. Is like your finger, it's there. What's well, more basic than your arm getting gone? Your eyes. That's simple. Gone. It's your arm is gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's no more. It has ceased to be. It, it has ceased to. <laughs> this bud is no more. It has ceased to be. Have you seen the cheese sketch? I've never seen Money Python. I just saw the commercial. It looks, I'm sorry, it looks so incredibly stupid. I didn't quote that because I thought it was funny. I quoted that because my memory is weird when it comes to television. But see, but you were laughing when you were saying it. Not laughing, you were smiling. Because he's like, it's it's stupid. There's a commercial like, this bud is dead. It used to be, this bud is no more. And he just like waxed the bird on the counter. It's stupid. Right, because it is stupid. The guy sold him a dead parrot. I don't it's, know. It's not a... It, it, it is a late parrot. And he's like... And then the guy even tries to sell it further. He's like, uh... Do you see... He's like, do you see that? It moved. It didn't move. That's you touching the bloody cage. He's like, no, it's not. Well, I came in here half an hour, half an hour ago and you sold me this fine bird. You said it was resting because it had a long night of squawking and pining for the fjords. <laughs> pining for the fjords? Yeah, he just keeps going. And then the whole thing, he's like, uh, I'll make a replacement, please. And he's like, well, I don't know if I can do that, but I'll see what I can do. What do you got? I got slug. <laughs> got a slug. Oh. Can it, can it talk? No? Not a really fucking bloody replacement then, is it? He's like, and then if you, depending on what you watch, if you watch the TV show, the thing is about Python, which we tried doing this on our Christmas show last year, which is... Punchline of the sketch is hard because once you get up to the punchline, everything falls apart. 
how do you end the sketch once things fall apart? And Python's answer to that was, no, yeah, they would cut away or they would interrupt it with something that made no sense. So, like, in the movie, they took two sketches and combined them, which is the, 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 the guy was like, you know, I didn't want to be a pet store salesman. I'm sorry, what does this have to do with anything? He's like, I wanted to be a lumberjack. And all of a sudden he strips down and he's like, climbing from tree to tree. And he sees the lumberjack song. And then it cuts to it and now for something completely different and just cuts to the next thing. And then, yeah, But like, weird shit like that happens all the time because Python did not like having the punchline. Matter of fact, the only time Who's I'm Python? aware... My a, Python, the whole group, when they would write sketches. That was their rule. Oh, so there wasn't somebody named Monty Python. That's the name of the whole entire group. The entire oh, group. Oh, okay. So Eric Idle, John Cleese, Michael Palin, Terry Gillum, uh, the guy who passed away, God love him. Um, uh, I can't remember his name. He played Brian in Life of Brian. Anyway, uh, he, they all believed that when writing sketches that, uh, like, uh, Dudley Moore, the guy who played Arthur... Uh, do you remember the movie Arthur? You might not have seen it, but you might know. He's a little dude. You remember Santa Claus the movie? A little elf dude. It doesn't matter. Dudley Moore was part of a writing team. Oh, matter of fact, Stephen Fry, Hugh Laurie, they were part of a oh, writing yeah, team. Dudley. Yeah, I remember Santa. Okay, I remember Dudley Moore. Okay, yeah, yeah. he was in Arthur. We played the, the rich drunk. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he was part of a stand-up comedy team in Great Britain. Uh, the, like it was like the early, early, early Monty Python. It was like a comedy duo. They wrote sketches. And the thing is that their sketches would be fantastic, but right when you hit the punchline... As a matter of fact, Saturday Night Live has the same problem. Once you get to the punchline, the sketch sort of eh, peters out a little bit, unless they just end it right there. How do you keep the momentum going? And Python's answer to that was, collectively, you just, don't, you just end it. You don't keep going. You just interrupt it and move on, or you cut away from it. And that's what they do. And now a lot of comedians in Great Britain do, like uh, Hugh Laurie, Stephen Fry, they all do stuff like that, where they cut away. And even today's comedians, like, that's why, like, I love Freakazoid. Freakazoid does that shit all the time. Because that's a lot. No, but they have it on syndication, I have it on DVD. So, like, they would do stuff like, uh, there's a bad guy called Candlejack, and if you, it, it, they're making fun of Candyman, which if you say Candlejack, even once, he shows up and takes you. And so the whole joke was, like, uh, it's a bunch of kids at camp. They're like, don't say his name. Don't say what? Don't say Candlejack. But you just said it. You just said Candlejack. So did you. And then Candlejack just appears like, you kids aren't very bright, are you? And then he just captures them and they're willing out. And then the girls look outside. Oh, my God, it's Candlejack. Oh, I'm going to need more rope. And then, <laughs> you're right. And then you cut away. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it cuts to some guy going... Hello, I'm a doctor, and I like to say that what is going on in this episode makes absolutely no sense. Just by saying the name Candlejack does not mean some man, the Oogie Boogie Man, will come and take you away. Oh, no. And he's kind of like, hello. <laughs> and then, of course, you cut to Freakazoid. Freakazoid says it. He's like, don't say it. Don't say what? Don't say it. Don't say what? Candlejack? And you cut away. He's tied up. And he's about ready to take him all away. And he's like, Where, what's your brand plan? Well, I never had too many stupid people before. I'm going to have to charter a bus to take you all away. Right. And then all of a sudden, the show interrupts again. So what happens if two people say his name in two different locations? locations. No, right. And see, that's a question they start to pose. And all of a sudden, the announcer just goes, we interrupt this program to bring you this important announcement from Paul Harvey. And Paul Harvey goes... Oh, Paul Harvey. No, and then and Paul Harvey's like, and so how would Freakazoid get out of that? 
Well, slap my nail on a fanny when Freakazoid baked the pie, a delicious pie that he set up in a trap. Candlejack followed the scent of the pie and led into the trap that Freakazoid set, and he captured him. And now you know the rest of the story. They bypassed the entire end of the episode just by doing that. You, you didn't see Freakazoid escape. You don't know how he escaped. All of that. And they cut around it. They do stupid shit like that all the time. And that's, I love that show because it just makes no, I love humor like that because it makes no sense. And the dead parrot sketch is, and that's, you know, you have to, you, you have to find some sympathy in that, which is you have a stupid person in there that comes in or you have to deal with that tries to sell you something because they're an idiot and they try to put one over on you. In that case, the most very blatantly obvious one at all, which is they sold you a dead animal. <laughs> and you're just like, I didn't, I almost didn't believe it then, but you sold me. But now it's yeah. dead. It has ceased to be. It has gone to me to make her a breath of life at rest in peace. So, but. <sighs> now, Brian, I will agree with you. Python is ridiculous. But so that's why, like, uh, when you watch uh, Holy Grail. I like Nine Python and the uh, Holy Gra- Search for the Holy Grail or whatever it is. I don't care for that movie. I much. gave the shrug and the, the hands shrug. going up, but I don't know. Yeah, which that makes me surprised that you've not seen that. And granted, if you don't like Python, you think it's stupid, then you probably won't want to watch it. But like, there's the one sketch which is uh, King Arthur goes up to the Black Knight and is all like, uh, "None shall pass," and he's like, uh, "Come on, I'm King Arthur. You gotta let me through." He's like, "No, none shall pass." And he's like. You're going to make me fight you, aren't you? He's like, yes. So they fight, and he chops his arm off. And he's like, now, enough of this. This is silly. Let me pass. And he's like, just but a flesh wound. Let's go. And, he's, and they keep fighting until literally he's at the nub. He fights him that far. And, like, Mervag, when he chops all his arms and legs off, he's like, what are you going to do? Bite me. He's like, I'll bite your, na- I'll bite your ankles off. He keeps trying to bite. Like, he won't let give up. Because it's ridiculous. It's stupid. I'm just saying. Shit like that. But overall, I like their sketches better than I like their movies where they try to have a full-blown plot and all kinds of stuff. Like Meaning of Life and Now for Something Completely Different, I love that dearly. But if you like Life of Brian and Holy Grail, good movies, very funny, but not as good. But I'm a weird bird. All right. And on that note, I think we've rambled about Python long enough and whatnot. So um, anything else you'd like to say? I don't think so. I like how there was a long pause. Well, I'm trying to think if I have anything, anything important or any words of wisdom. And it's like a mirror in just Scruffy's soul. Not really. Other than mm-hmm. I may become a music aide at the high school for the blind. Really? Possibly. It's a long, it's, it's a long, if this were 100% certainty, like I would right be like road, at, like, I would be like at a little 15%. Because I've submitted the, I submitted the application, uh, I mean, there's some stuff I'm not qualified for, so that's why I never understood why people don't, like, call the person and talk to them, so I, I called the... I called the director there and asking her like what she's looking for because it's the position that's going to be aiding her. I asked her what she's going to be looking for. I found out like because I was scared to death. I was like, um, one of the main qualifications is you have is Braille. I can't read Braille. Can you read Braille? 
No. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, you know, I was looking at all the qualifications. You know, I said, I know that to become an aide, uh, to get certified, it's like a two or three week process. As far, I don't have the certificate because I've always subbed or done student teaching. I've never gotten the aid thing. Uh, but it's it's nothing that requires that much uh, work. It's really only two or three weeks to get the certificate. So I was asking her about that. Then I told her, I was like, I'm going to be honest, I don't know how to read Braille. I said, I mean, I, and I, I said, no matter how hard I would work, I mean, to be fluent at it like these kids are, would, I mean, yeah, it takes no. years. I mean, I can't do this in a month. And she's like, well, for the, she's like, for the music department, you don't need to know Braille. There's, um, actually, there's music Braille that I am fascinated to learn how these kids use Braille for music. I am, I am dumbfounded. I did not learn about this in my years at Otterbein. Mm-hmm. I have never heard of music Braille. And I told her, I was like, even with my undergrad, like, I understand what rote teaching is. That's just repetition. Just teaching, like, um, now you do it. Now go ta ta ti ti ta. And you just, yeah, you so, keep, well, yeah, we did you that keep repeating school. that. You do a percussion, but, you, like, most of these kids are, uh, like, well, I can't say most of them, but between a fourth and a half have perfect pitch. I've only ran into two people in my entire life that have perfect pitch. One. And one more person. And it would be great to work with these kids. Just to see, like, just to, I don't want to say dick with them, but be like, you know, let's hum this note. Let's do, let's start this skill. Like, I am so intrigued now on how these kids learn. Yeah. That I asked her, you know, if I could come in one day and sit in. And just, like, just observe. And she was talking about that being okay. You know, she's like, you know, keep in contact with me in the email. And she said that she would uh, have who's handling the resumes uh, go ahead and give me an interview. So I'm excited about that. Uh, But she said that I would mostly be working with, uh, because it's basically working with fifth graders on up and... Like private lessons plus helping her with marching band and helping the marching band. I was like, well, I was talking about how good I am with brass. I was like, I'm low brass, but I'm perfectly fine with high brass. I know the fingerings. They all basically transfer over all the parcels. I know all that. And she's like, well, the guy that we had before did the woodwind and the percussion. (laughs) Percussion I can do. I'm sorry. I mean, percussion's really... I took percussion methods what's wrong, at Audubon. What's wrong with us? What, what? Percussion's simple. Woodwinds... I knew that would come back to bite me in the ass one day. The one class I never took at Otterbein was woodwind methods. Took string methods. Took percussion methods. Didn't even take brass methods, obviously. Never took wood. Why can't you take like a, uh, was it, uh, one of those courses where you take it but it doesn't really count towards anything, but like you can still take it, it's like a survey course? Elective. Or elective? Why don't you take elective, go back to Otterbein just for one class, what was it, like 800, maybe $1,000? Now granted, that would, yes, I could student loan for it or something. I know it's going to take green, Nathan, but I'm just saying. I could. It, but, 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 it doesn't yeah. take an idiot to play. I'm sorry, woodwinds really aren't hard to play. I could play. We all played recorders growing up. Recorder transfers over. I, I have a saxophone. I, I can play do. it. I know hmm? you do. I can play it. Oh, I know. I don't know what I'm doing because I don't understand. The, the pictures do nothing. Like, 
With valves, it's easy. Which note or which valve is black, and with the other three are white? G, so you push down on this. C. But G, the point is, D, A. Woodwinds is my kryptonite. I told her I was like, I could be the mo- I will be the most dedicated person. I will do whatever it takes to learn. I told her like I know methods of what woodwind players do to increase their embouchure and to increase their air. Like you, um, you have a string and you have a, like a wheel at the bottom of it, and the object is to blow down and get the wheel to turn. There's tricks to do with bubbles. I was like, I know how to put all woodwind instruments together. I know how you clean them. You know, trying to pull all the stuff out of my butt, but I was like, I mean, t- like teaching them well, with real water. Honest, that's good. And I will say the other thing that. Well, at this you, point, I don't. I, I at no, this no, point, I didn't know what, how how quickly she needed someone. The fact that you even asked is like I am just fa- absolutely fascinated on how the the, the kids learn. Oh my! It, it, it would be that's great saying, just to the listen. The fact, the fact that you even said that you would like to sit in, even if you don't get, I think that alone. Mm-hmm. Got you the interview. Well, she, you could tell that, like, we were um, going off of each other. I was telling her, like, uh, I'd like, I mean, I'd like to work with with these kids and see them succeed, succeed just so I said, you know, for lack of a better word, rub it in those people's faces that, you know, like, belittle them. Because I, I was talking, like, about Andrea Buccelli. I was like, I had no idea that that, that how, uh, he was blind until, like, two months after I started listening to his music. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So many people sing passionately with their eyes closed. <laughs> I just assumed he sang it with his eyes closed. Plus, I didn't. I never saw him live very much. I just listened to it. On the CD or on, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I was fascinated by that and his story and how he learned. And oh, yeah. Man. I asked her about, you know, the, like, some of the kids use the Suzuki method. and So I know I got some brownie points, but... I'm worried. The whole woodwind thing is now what I'm worried about. It was the aid thing. Now I'm completely worried about the woodwind thing going to ruin my it. chance. But, I mean, if somebody I can't... I mean, even somebody who played a woodwind for a year has more on me because I have no... Like, I can go home and do everything with my fingers to figure out the notes on the saxophone, but I know there are alternate fingerings for things on a clarinet... I mean that is that's the most that's an anomaly of the woodwinds. Like once you get a finger pattern done for flute, it's done. Once you get a finger pattern for the most part for saxophone, it's done. But clarinet, it's the low and the high are nothing alike. And boy, it's nothing I can't learn. But I, I mean, if somebody has even two years of experience, I mean, you could go in there. And um, I was clarinet, I don't think. No, but I mean saxophone. But with like, and Wendy says like the, for saxophone and flute, they carry over. You just go from this to this. There's really not that much of a difference, she says. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I mean, she said much. You take the word much with a grain of salt. But it's nothing like you couldn't in two weeks be like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing with the flute. This just instead of this, I just move my finger. I don't. I I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. So. You know, long story short, it went very well, but the woodwind thing's probably going to be a breaker, so eh, I have no idea. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be great. So we'll see. You'll, you'll be fantastic. I bet. Teach this kid. I can't. And we will see you later. <laughs> and on that note. And on that note. Uh, if you like to wish Nathan good luck, 
Uh, you can write him on Twitter at GiantNate, or you can send us an email at GoodBadGeeky. Did you see that I sent a tweet the other day? Gmail.com. I did not. What? No. Well, I post them, but you don't get them? I do, but the thing is, I... I don't get it direct because I get so many tweets that I follow. If I keep, if I got them like all text message to me, I would it would be, it would be a catastrophe. Oh, true that. Yeah, and I follow like over like uh, like uh, was it two thousand people? So that shit's faux real, y'all. Uh, or you can read us a voicemail at six one four three six four four zero eight eight. Uh, goodbaggeekygmail.com is our email. Or you can Twitter us at goodbaggeeky, that's, uh, or giantnate, at giantnate. Um, and, of course, if you don't believe that, we'll have the links in uh, the show notes. And, uh... Oh, the shouts! You should call it the shouts. The, the show notes. The shouts. The shouts. I like, you know, I like that. The shouts. The show. I like that. Uh, that is fantastic. Like S-H-O-T-E-S, maybe. You know what? That I can because if you do S H O W, it's just gonna throw people off. So you just do shoots. How you spell it again? Just do S H O T E S. Sure, that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little graphic now. So instead of saying the graphic, it says on this episode of the Good the Negi, we discuss played plug, and then whatever we discuss, I'm like the shoots for the for shoot for shoots the faux shoots. I like that. Shoots shoots. I like that. The faux shoots, yo. So um, check that out. Those under the faux shows. And, um... Is there anything we need to plug? Oh, the best of episode is coming up. And uh, if you have anything that you'd like to hear, uh, we'll all have our little uh, clips and best our thoughts on the best of segment for the past two years, from 2010 to now. Uh, again, Twitter us, email us, and uh, we will put your bits, the stuff that you like... Uh, on the show and you know you don't have to do the thing where you have to pinpoint the exact minute the minute just get like a general idea like that conversation where you guys talked about this or maybe a funny line and what episode it's in and I will dig through it oh, the audio that we have and I will edit it together and put it on the best of show which we're going to play um, which will be episode 199 the big one before 200 um, how exciting I know right very, very excited. Big things happening. One nine's coming on up. Jazz hands. So like uh, the Burger King com- commercials when they were doing like the five celebrities before they just stopped. Oh yeah. It's like David Beckham, Salma Hayek, the guy who drives a lot of cars, Jay Leno. Like things are big. Things are happening at Burger King, and then it just stopped. Things oh were- yeah, because then they have. Um, uh, a guy from Aerosmith, Steven Tyler. Oh, they did, yeah. He had, he was in the dry show, so that's at least four. I loved it, like, Steven, you know, we're hearing that. You need to get some hair, John! <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, that was, yeah. That's when I first saw I was like, oh, well, he must be running out of money. I'm like, oh, wait, no, he didn't. He just did because he probably paid him a lot of money, and he was just like, yeah, I'll do it, whatever you want. Well, plus he was on American Idol at the time. Yeah, so he probably, you know, maybe as part of his production deal that he had to do that. So... All right, but we'll, uh, anything you want to uh, uh, write us for the uh, best of show, please do so. Goodbaggeeky at gmail.com or the voicemail or the Twitter. We've already said like 4,000 times. I feel like I just keep repeating the same damn thing over and over. And if the politicians have been doing it for a month, I say do more, send out more flyers. That is correct. and uh, So much paper waste. And you know what? We'll uh, see you next week when we tell you, uh, which, by the way, we'll tell you that the president is... We're having a good time until you start up, Jeepers! Uh, go ahead!
have some coffee with cream or something, because I'll tell you something. This is a happy place. What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> what song is that?